Mark, man, how the fuck are you? I'm doing good. I mean, how can I not be doing good? Whether that's, whether that's a rhetorical <laughs> question or not, that, you know. But I'm no, it's, doing it's, good, doing good. Well, I'm, I, um, I guess if you turned around and said, you know what, Josh, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm really shit and this is wrong and this is wrong. I'd be like, so Mark, uh, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> it's, it's too easy to fall into that rut. That's the whole thing. You know, you, you can kind of yeah. get into that rut and then all of a sudden you realize, shit, how do I climb out of here? And then you realize the person yeah. speaks is too late to climb out. You just, you, you <laughs> cut it there. And that's just the end of the, that's the end of the conversation. It's, that's the end. Uh, listen, man, I've wanted you to come on this podcast for ages, actually. I don't know if you backtracked and looked at your messages. I actually texted you, you? about eight months ago. And oh, said, my apologies. Hey, man, come on. <laughs> Mate, it, and you never fucking responded. I, 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 I tell you what, and I think mentioned here before, um, I've, I've been off all social media and even messages. I had an issue. You know what I'm thinking likely would have happened? I'm thinking um, I had a phone. The Samsung phone. Do you remember there was an issue with the? I can't remember. It was the seven or the six, the Galaxy, and they'll blow up. Oh, the, blow the battery. up. Battery. Yeah. So I had that in a while, and it it that actually happened to me. It wasn't. Oh right. Fuck. It wasn't dramatic, like you know, still got a roof over my head and stuff. But, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I tell you what, all the the smell of that smoke coming out, you're like, no shit. Yep. Like, yeah. like <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> there is substance to all this discussion out there. But anyway, that's yeah, I'm assuming right. that's what happened. But I apologize for getting it back to you. No, that, look, listen, man. That's that that seems like a really good one to run with, regardless. Just... You know, that's legit. Yeah. Um, no, so I've um, absolutely always wanted you to come on the podcast. I started this in September last year, cool. um, and. <laughs> You know, working with you, like getting the, um, uh, the role on your film was my first lead role in a feature. So, you know, it'll it'll always be, it'll always have a very um, special spot for me. So naturally I wanted to talk to you and I hadn't talked to you for a long time and I had Mick on the podcast, maybe about four episodes in, uh, Mick Preston. Oh, right. Okay. How is he? <laughs> Yeah, good, good. Yep, yep. Same, 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 man. He's fucking, you know, grinding away and looking after kids yeah, and yeah. being a dad and, and, and teaching and all this, all the good stuff. But he's fucking he had some great stories. You should have a listen to that because yeah. um, his tales of being out in New York and being trained by Uta Hagen and what have you are pretty incredible. One of the very few. Cool. Now, disregard the sound as we talked about. If this even, oh, that's if right, this even creeps into this, obviously, podcast, it's not me relieving myself like in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of my office, although I have thought about it once or twice. It's um it's an aquarium. You probably um, it's hard it's hard to see from this angle, but there is a bit of an aquarium behind me and there's a pump that pours water in there. But anyway. Thank you f just, for um just a, for, for illuminating people who who will be listening that yes that's that's a good one because I wouldn't have thought about it no. and you'd be driving along in your car and you're like this fucking guy he's just, <laughs> just, just, just taking a piss just, in the middle of his thing like just guys you can cut it you know when, you can cut when it nature, when nature calls you just you know it's, it's a subconscious you know it's a subconscious urge you just do it basically but anyway oh yeah and you're yeah. getting a couple of drinks in and um so so I um 
Yes. So, so yes. just for everyone listening, you and I know through your uh, know each other through your film yes. Weevil. Yes. And what was that? Two thousand seventeen. Yes. Fucking hell! Like, three years ago. I know. Like. It's that's. I mean, that's ripped. It goes. That has absolutely ripped. Yeah, and and when you think about how long you. Or, and when I say you, I mean anyone as creatives, especially if you're writing and, and doing the thing, is how long you might have been working on it up until that point. And then the 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 time spent afterwards yes. and then all of a sudden it's a blink and it's done, done and it's over, yeah. That's it. It's uh, I think you mentioned it in a really interesting way because um, – when you, when you sort of look back to, you know, I look back to Weevil and then if, even at the moment I look back to Whale Away, the, the second film that I've done, and even that to a degree felt like it was, no, I don't want to say yesterday, but felt more recent. But I look back at that and that was 2012, 2000. Fuck. So I look back, I'm like, wow, okay. And then back before then, 2006, 2007. So there are these, you know, long gaps between, you know, idea, the writing of the idea assembling of the team, trying to work out a way to get it done and then doing it and then the next step and then, you, you know, you've got – you either have a kid, you're married or, you know, or combination of yeah. combination of both as we both obviously – Of as everything. As we both know. Yeah. 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 Or a pandemic hits and fucking stops everything in its tracks. Oh, yes. Motherfucker. I just – I, and, I uh, keep going again. I just got – can't help myself, you know. No, well, let's, you know what? Listen, let's um, from here on out, we won't uh, we won't tie any of our dialogue no, into that, it because it'll be easier that, for me to cut it out. All right, that's the end of it. We just um, just gotta look. But so, yeah. How how like just let's let's dive into Weevil for a little bit, and then Please. we will um we'll push on Please. into what else you're working on. Yeah. But um, so because this is so for just for you. So the, my this podcast is really um. Is is and I'll and I'll, I'll keep this very succinct because people have heard me talk about this a million times over. But um, it is for us, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm listening to all these A-listers talking about, you know, their 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 trials and tribulations and struggles and how they've made it. And I'm like, well, where's the podcast for us? Mm. That's in the middle, mm. you know, mm. and, and the and the little projects that we're making that. Are stepping stones to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I mean, the Weevil was is exact. I mean, certainly for me, is a massive stepping stone. Mm. Um, and and so so listeners will know just how fucking hard it is to find a gem on Star Now. And I found Weevil on Star Now. I mean, the and, and no disrespect to Star Now because obviously you and I know each other through it. Mm-hmm. But there is some absolute pus on there. Mm-hmm. And then to get a full-length feature that's ready to go um, is very rare. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, so got people listening, don't discount Star Now yeah. just yet. Not yet. <laughs> no. Not yet. Just, just they're there. You just got to be, got to be onto it. No, that's it. And, I, and just sort of, just to sort of uh, add to that, I think um, I'm very much. I think my. my in terms of the casting style, it's I've always been quite unorthodox in terms of um, there's normally, like as you said before, there's that 
there's that point in between when you look at it and you say, right, this is what we believe the industry is, right? And then mm-hmm. that industry has its associated, you know, um, suppliers, they being the casting directors who, um, uh, who have their networks and with the various agents and, you know, the actors and those sort of things. Um, so it's a massive web. Look at it like that. Star Now is obviously, it's, it's almost an access to an even crazy web that's kind of out there. Um, so I sort of look at it to say that if you, you're kind of taking a, a linear path into the whole thing and saying, do you know what, I want to, this is the person that I want and this is where I'm going to find them. I always think it's, you'll be remiss to say, I know these awesome casting directors and they're going to put me in touch with the best actors or the best up and coming actors, all of that sort of stuff. And I've got a bit to say about that as well, about the new project that I'm working on. But um, the the real kind of the guts of it is that um, if you're you've got you know you're interested in acting, you've got something to say, you want to get out there, you want to do it. Um, sometimes you might your access might not be as you might your access might not be as wide as somebody who has a name who's done stuff, who's got credits, who's recognised in the industry. So some... Oh, it certainly won't. No, yeah, it won't. for sure. So things like mm. Star Now and even, I can tell you, 15, 20 years ago, like Filmnet back in, you know, when the internet was kind of working its, you know, working its way through, there was some amazing people that were just out there going, shit, I don't know what's out there and what does this mean? And there's mm-hmm. a lot of crap there. But I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that those that are kind of in the game, and when I say in the game, the independent film game, um, you you really need a broad, you really need to cast the net as wide as possible, and not discount anything, you know. And I'm, I agree, I'm, I agree, hundred percent. And you know, to tie all the socks, I can go on in tangents, but you know, if I was zero the whole thing in, in Star Now you find people. There's for me three classes of people actors. The first class of actors are the ones that. They have a, a view of what it's like, and then they follow this path. There's others that they kind of think of what it might be like, and then there are those that are like, I don't give a shit. I just want to, I want to do something, and I don't really know what mm-hmm. it's going to be like, and let's just see. <laughs> and th- and that's Josh, uh, Joshua yourself. You know, that's like you're like, mm. I'm in there. I want to try it, and um, it's more about the attitude versus the credits versus who your agent is, and that. If you got the attitude and start out, that's key. And and you 100%, you know, you've had it, you have it, and you continue to have it. So, you know, it's hats off to you as well. That's an interesting perspective. It's I think it's important for people to hear um, that kind of perspective because ultimately anyone who, um, which is another part of this podcast, is that it is about pr- – at, at its very core, but it has expanded on that, but about actors who have had to um, diversify in order to to stay relevant and to make content, which ultimately means they go down a similar path to, to me is that they'll write something, then they'll have to learn how to write and then they yeah. might have to learn how to produce yeah. and then they shoot the thing and then maybe they haven't got an editor when they come out the other side, yeah. so they start learning how to fucking edit. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and and so, or and you learn how to cast. You know, like so, I cast my film on Star Now, and um, it's it was very specific because there was nudity in it, and that's really hard to do on yeah, Star Now. Um, and, and 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 I also went through agencies as well, um, 
but it's a whole. So, so, so actually, it's it's probably just as hard to find good talent on Star Now when you're casting as it is when you are looking to yeah, be cast. Absolutely. You know, um, but you had a very unique style of um, of casting as well. In yes. that you were really looking for someone's just straight up instincts and whether they were just what was in your brain right out of the gate. So you didn't even have sides. You just had an improv scene, I think, if memory serves me correctly. And I actually did um, a class for your audition with my coach, Miles Pollard, um, who was just on the podcast two weeks ago. And um, it was interesting because he was like, well, this is actually, at first he was like being that he's been in the biz, you know, 30 years or whatever. He was like, oh, fuck, no, no this, no that, no whatever. And then he was like, but hold on, hold on, hold on. This gives you full reign to trust any instinct. And if it sticks, then you won't have to keep anything up if you get the part. Yeah. Because everything that instinctually comes to you, if you get it, will be what the director, you know, within the realms of serving the story and the given circumstances, will be spot on. Yeah. No, very good point. Very good point. I think that's. I think when you look at it, that's a very. That's someone obviously that's that has the hindsight to to actually understand that, and mm. and. And, and just to add to, obviously, the point, um, we, you know, I've auditioned, and this is just probably my style. We, I like auditioning. Um, so my just background, for me, the script's the cannabis, basically. You know, I'll write it. I get it. Now a bit more. I've written more, a lot more scripts now. But um, when I normally write it, I'm more, I'm more of a believer, the person that's cast in the film, um, that person, it's almost incumbent upon them to give the film something from themselves. And that's not mm-hmm. something that they've read, that they've, like, analysed the character. Does the character, you know, do they, like, um, do they smoke? Do they drink cigarettes? What's their traumatic past? It's it's a lot deeper than that. So it goes down a lot further. And when I cast, I want, I'm looking at the further. I'm looking at, right, what's the... How far are you going to reach in? Because... For me, it's a very simple distinction. I know, kind of, I might sound like I'm utilizing a lot of abstraction, all that sort of crap. But what, <laughs> which is mostly, but when I kind of look at it, for me, it's the willingness. How willing are you to actually say, do you know what, stuff it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive in. I'm gonna grab this, and it's like it's killed me when I was, you know, 17 or 20, and I'm just gonna use it. I don't, I don't know. I haven't mm-hmm. resolved it yet. And this is the, this is the, the, I, I haven't resolved whatever the hell this is, but mm-hmm. it gives me this energy, which I can use. So a roundabout way, the people that are willing to do that and actually understand what that means, um, they're more likely, I'm only talking from, from people, you know, from the films that I make, um, they're more willing to get that part. That's mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. what uh oh! What? And while we're down there, I'm turning this thing off. Sorry. You're right. I'm not gonna get that anymore. All right. Um. Well, I, look, that that 
that uh, there's a couple of things in that film and that whole process that have served me still to this day. And what you're describing there, funnily enough, I don't, as I've gone on, um, I don't do, like there's, I, I apply a physiology to everything. Right. And it is not a memory recollection. Like some, I do a combination, right? right. I do a combination. But 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 for me, for tears is is purely like a breathing technique. Yeah. Right? If I'm really struggling, I'll actually think of, sad scenes that I've seen in films over something that's my life. Before I'll go, my stuff doesn't really make me cry. I don't really have anything too dark and deep and unresolved that can fuck me up. I have to, everything has to be completely manufactured um, on a sort of meditative physiological sense. Um, And since I worked with you, I've gone on to study at PEM which is exactly that. Um, it's 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 all physiological. It's all breathing and meditative, and it's great because you never you never run dry, yeah. um, and you don't carry anything with you after a second. <laughs> so that's and and there's still a lot more work for me to do there, but it is interesting. But when push comes to shove, and maybe it just ain't you haven't fucking perfected that technique well enough yet, I'll I'll. I'll clamp onto anything that I can fucking grab. Mm. But but so so back to my original statement mm. is one was I used to get very afraid um, of when I would watch great performances and a lot you'll hear a lot of comics talk about this too when they watch someone just just like Dave Chappelle crush on stage so so brilliantly and so genius like that they'll feel like they could never do comedy again. When I watch something so, so far out of my reach, or at least what I consider to be out of my reach, I think, fuck, I should, I should pack this shit up. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't fucking do this. Um, and so your technique of, of auditioning gave me, like I said, gave me that free reign. And, and it did teach me that, um, that I'm probably, I'm never going to be, I'm all, you're always going to see a version of my brand. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to – there hasn't have to be this premeditated evolution between every role. Yeah. And, and so – and now I always – because you gave me such free reign to um, – to, 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 to do whatever the fuck I wanted with that guy, really. Yeah. Um, and we, we nutted, I mean, we did a lot of rehearsal and we nutted it out really, really well. Um, that that's the kind of conversation at my level, right? When someone says, you know, here's fucking 300 grand, you do as you're told, that's a different, uh, uh, done. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? But at this level, yeah. at this le- I'll always say to them, look, you know, if I'm your guy, I'm your guy, that's great, but this is how. I get into it, right. you know, and it's just going to be your, my way, your way, my way, your way. And if my way is your way, great, but at least just let me try it my way and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get along. And the other thing was, you know, your film is the first film that I've ever had to cry in front of a crew, you know, and, <laughs> and all of that. And you did this thing where I wasn't getting it and I was um, 
I was I was nipping the scene in the bud real quick because I wasn't getting it. And I was like, okay, well, fuck, I better leg it. And you're like, nah, 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 stick it out. And I don't know whether you planned this and be honest <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> or whether it was just a fucking a, a, a happy accident that was kind of merged with, with some premeditation. But you said, I'm going to throw a fucking a rock when I'm ready for you to leave the scene. And... Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, 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 can't get it, can't get it. And then you're not throwing the rock. And I'm like, well, the fucking cameras are still rolling. <laughs> and then and then it forced me to really fucking look down at, at my dead brother and then there it was. And I was like, wow. So I, as soon as I fought the instinct to run, it opened up and it was really great. And that was, I remember that being a really Pretty pretty cool little thing where everyone said, "Let's go, let's just let's go and watch this scene back." We yeah. don't normally do it, but yeah, let's yeah, have let's a look. So no, no, absolutely, yeah. And it's it's really good to hear that in terms of you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of you know, it was a long process. There was a lot of parts of that film, but but that was more around that anticipation because um, for me, I I don't want to I don't want to sit here and sound like a wanker and say, "Yeah, this is this technique." No, it's more so around that. Whether it's a rock, whether it was something else, it was about creating that anticipation, and not and you knowing that if if this was going to happen or if it wasn't going to happen, it, it meant something. So if it was going to mm. happen, that would have kind of pushed you in that direction. But if it wasn't going to happen, you were left to your own device. You were left in a position where you were going to say, "Well, all right, where to from here?" So I don't hear anything happening. So it's almost it's more. I don't want to say it's a trigger, but it's more you you're doing the work. I'm pretty much facilitating um, a scenario or a situation for you to do it. And whether it's rock, whether it's something else, it's really, you know, it's you're the one, however you come up with it and however you move in towards that path, that's, you know, it's unique to every individual. In your case, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it grounded me. It stopped me from giving in to fear because I was like, well, I can't. I've got to do the righty by the director, and yeah. so here I got to fucking stay, and they're gonna just keep rolling keep until rolling. it happens. That's, yeah. it. That's right. Yeah. Everyone's gonna, you know. But it's um, it's an interesting um. I always find and and, and that's where you know I always there's there's you know I do have I do have a fair amount of respect for um, when acting. It's one thing when we're doing the workshops, reading the script, really intimately getting into all the details. But when you're talking about the, you know, um, principal photography, the filmmaking process, it's it's pretty much it's hard and dirty. You're in there. This is what you got to do. There's lights. There's people. Mm. There's cameras. There's and everyone's looking around, going, "Shit, this is. All right, I got to do my bit. What do I do now?" So it's it's a really it's a complex balancing act. The environment's different. You might have multiple people. You know, you've got boom swingers. You know, looking around. You've got your DOP. You've got your focus pullers you've got even your gaffers walking around looking at you've got your you've got your um first ad uh walking through the shot yeah. just, as you're... <laughs> just, just to make sure that we're, you know just to make sure that we're paying attention to what we're doing but it's but it and that's and that's kind of but it it, it it really comes down to that i think that's that is the fundamental balancing act because it feels, there's a difference between what it feels like and what you think it feels like. And what, oh, sorry, what it feels like and what it's meant to be perceived as like. So, as an example, when, when doing a film, like I'm 
you're sitting in my case I'm sitting in front of a split and I'm, I'm wearing these things I'm wearing these cans I'm looking at a little screen <clears throat> and stuff's happening and all I care about really is what's happening in that little frame and the idea is that leading up to that point you know you've got enough you know you've got enough preparation you've got enough understanding and you, you, you've got enough you know you've got all this stuff to actually execute make it happen but every single day, every single execution, every single take is going to be different. Because <clears throat> you might be feeling differently. You might look up and you're like, crap, what am I doing? Is it good enough? Does it make sense? This light's mm. in my way. Has he got the right? And all this shit is going through your head. Um, and that's why it's such a, it's a divorce situation. I always look at it that way. You're out there. I'm in there. Just do it. This is what you got to do with. And that takes a lot, doesn't it? You know, you know, I've, that's yeah. that's i mean that's another lot. that's a, yeah that's another um that's that's the special ingredient right it's like i mean if you're a writer director there's there is more special ingredients but if you're directing someone else's words and those words are taking care of you it is then in in it, it it's in the casting right yeah like the casting is because because you yeah because I did a, a workshop recently with Creve Stenders and he said the exact same thing. He's like, all of that's done and you're managing all of this stuff, but that, yeah. but the director's the director's work is all it, it, the hard stuff is done. And then when you get there, yeah. Yeah. you're you just fucking hope that you cast the right guy or girl. And you yeah. and sometimes you you might be running through the first day or whatever and going, Oh fuck. And then all of a sudden a new character is born that you didn't write mm. but still serves the story and is just as, if not better, and you're yeah. like, well, I'm just going to sit back and watch. Let's I mean, see what happens. They cl- they know what's going on, yeah. so fuck it, and, you know. And it's a really, like, that, that's a really important point, and I think, you know, for your viewers and that, when you, when you kind of look at it, I'll, I'll case in point example, um, my, my second feature, Whale Away, when I was doing that, it was... You know that's that's a podcast in its own right, basically. But um, the I I casted a guy who was is very is very good. Like he's, you know, he's he's got it. I can see it, and he's battling his own shit basically in real life as well as obviously on the mm-hmm. screen. And I was in the same situation. I was, you know, I set up a project in in Tassie. Um, I got a couple of big wigs over there that were keen to do it. The ABC were. You know, did interviews, all that sort of crap, and it came down to the point where it didn't happen back in Australia, and I had to start again, pretty much. And I don't know if I was ready to start again, but I had to get it done. So I casted this guy out of many, many actors because I could see I could see that in him, and I still remember to this day we were in a, I was living I was house sharing up in Williamstown, and. We were, we were so compressed on our schedule that I was running workshops from my um, from my kitchen, basically, from the house, from the living room. And he and he was used to, you know, he did a lot of theatre stuff and he did a lot of situations where it was more professional, obviously. And we were in there and I knew that, I knew, I knew there were some issues that were going on and we were, we were going through a scene. And Hold on, just two seconds. I'm going to get you to move that mic. Where do you want so it? So you don't hit it. All right. Just so you don't yeah. hit it anymore because I'm going to have to edit out every little hit. <laughs> That's all right. Move the hands. Um, I'll do it. I, I, actually, I'll put it there so I can't actually move it. Um, 
So that's a good idea. Without mentioning names, and I, I don't like ever mentioning names, but we were there, and he broke. He actually he he crumbled. Oh shit! Like really bad. So I had to. I had a, my assistant there, uh-huh. and she, um, Becky, and she. I said, Becky, just give us a second. And I took him aside, and he was hysterical, like hysterical. So there was no talking. So I sat him down. We talked, and he was just bubbling up. And he had all these other unresolved issues around what he thought the production was going to be, whether it was going to happen, and all that sort of jazz. And then, sort of towards the end of it, I said to him, "Look, let's just let's cut it now." And he says, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, when we're actually going to shoot this stuff, it's going to be twenty times harder. We're going to shift and change location, dialogue, depending on the pressures are." And he was, you know, blank face, and he lost it. And he I still remember he stormed out of my house, um, slammed the door, and that was it. And then the fellow, right, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, that was it. That was that was it. And then the fellow that I cast, um, who uh, um, Amos, he, he's the lead in uh, Whale Away, absolute, completely on board, very much like yeah, acting and moving in acting. It is it's hard work because he's a he's a singer in a band. And he knows how mm-hmm. hard that all that you know that's. So I said it's a slog, and you, you mm-hmm. you're in for the slog, and you're not. The long story short, we uh, he we went through stuff where I to this day, if I was going to put an actor through what he went through, um, I'll probably be thrown up against the you know um you know work safe or whatever. Like you can't do this. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll be that guy basically. Um, but that the sounds lo- about right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's not get onto that on the podcast. <laughs> let's not talk about the harnesses. Um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the engine oh. lift and the crane. But anyway, yeah. the point is this. The point is this, that the single most important thing, specifically in casting of independent films and films with no budget to a very small budget, you're completely dependent on the people that are, there, that are on board with you acting your crew as well um because in the in the paid world no one would go that far and going that far that's the heart that's the soul of the actual you know so who's there if that team has kind of got all of that um you you, you've got a really good team and i'm very fortunate that you know i've only you know i've only done three films um everyone in that all of the the, the, they're all they all had that and that's a really you know it's magical when crew cast they're like screw it let's do it you know and that's with you josh you 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 went through you know i'm not gonna you know exactly the sort of preparation and the sort of stuff that you went through so you know it's 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 hard work you got to pull your sleeves up and you got to get in there it's not there's no glamour yeah no glamour no <laughs> no there, there wasn't any glamour on weevil there's no doubt about that um, it was very rough and tumble, and, and and it was all hands on deck, and that was great. And some people got their noses out of joint, yeah. a bit, but um, that's a bit a bit bit of, in my opinion, um, a lack of perspective. Um, like, it's a fucking independent film, yeah. with no budget, that's like it. where most people are working for free. What do you expect? <clears throat> like, like I had the same you know, throwdowns on, on my own film where a soundy was being a dick, so I just told him not to bother coming and then he wanted to try and um stitch me up for a late cancellation. And I was just like, 
talking about? This is not the fucking Channel 10 network, you fucking retard. Mm. This is this is a, a short, independent film with no budget. You and I do not have a contract that does not exist, okay? Wake the fuck up, all right? Um, so you live and you learn. But um, listen... Um, I noticed I jumped on your page the other day. You've you've got a bunch of little things that you're cooking away on. Oh, actually, before I get into that, before I get into that, yes. I think it's very important for people because you – one of your films, I th- I'm assuming it's the film that you just spoke of before us, before Weevil, left a bit of a sour taste in your mouth in terms of pre- uh, post-production distribution and, and what have you. So you decided to, with Weevil – to really, really be all over it yourself, yep, yep, and you yep. took it out to the American film market. Is that? Yeah, yeah, no, right, yeah, no, absolutely. Talk about, talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, I'll, so once Weevil was finished, I took Weevil to the American film market. I have a couple of contacts out there, and I, I made new contacts as well around, obviously, um, specifically with sales agents and distributors. Um, my previous film, and I can't get into a lot of the detail around what's happening with that because, unfortunately, it's actually gone into the legal arena and it's been there for oh a, shit, been there for a couple of years. Um, but that's that's by and by. That's it's ro- the process is rolling out. Um, and the sour taste in my mouth was now. If I'm to advise anything. So with Weevil, I got offered a, a sale, what you call a sales agency agreement. So a sales agent, they come in, they look at the film, and they say, right, cool, we can, uh, we've got distributors, we've got buyers, where we can pitch this film, and we can get it. We can, we we have our relationship relationships with the distributors, and the distributors will take their cut, we'll take our cut, and this process will last a couple of years, and if it's successful. Mm-hmm you'll get something in the back end, basically. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've gone through that process once and unfortunately it wasn't, it, it wasn't the best experience So with my, mm-hmm. with my second feature. So with Weevil, um, I was offered a sales agency agreement um, and I'll, I'll put this out to the podcast. Um, given I've had the experience, I've, I've been to Cannes, I've, I've done screening the film in the film market over there, um, I've learned through the school of hard knocks around what works, what doesn't, you know, who's talking shit, who's not. So it's something that mm-hmm. I've, I've had to learn. I, I'm not, I'm still no expert and I've still got a lot more learning to do. That's just the truth of it. Um, mm. But I got a call from one of the vice presidents of this company. I'm not going to name who it is out of respect. Um, mm-hmm. And they said, we want to, we want to sign Weevil. We think it's going to do this and that. And he did the sales pitch, and I said, well, have you seen the film? He's like, no, no, I haven't seen the film, but we have a trusted source that's seen it. And I said, right, well, you've had less than three days. Have they seen the film? He's like, well, I'm sure they have. So when I started getting through the actual the fluff, the reality mm-hmm. was that a lot of these up-and-coming sales agents, they have a quota to meet at every single film, oh, every right. single film market. So I said to him, I said, do you know what? Send me the contract. Let me have a look at it. And then I'll get back to you. Send me the contract. It was this dense thing that no one in their right mind would read. But I read it for the pure fact that you've got to, <laughs> you've got to read it. 
<laughs> one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And long story short, after 40, I remember it to this day, 48 points of very questionable terms, very questionable arrangements, a lot of vague language. I just sat there and I said, you know what? It's just not even worth it. So I went back to him and mm. I said, I appreciate you being interested. I'm going to, I've got another strategy I'm pursuing with Weedle. So they were on my back for at least two months because they didn't like the fact that as an independent filmmaker, someone said no, someone said no. And that someone is a nobody in their eyes as far as the wider industry is concerned, but that being by and by. So there's a, you can back when I started with film, the distributors were, they were the ones that were the gatekeepers. So the distributors mm-hmm. are the one that looked at the content, they could get it out there. Now, you fast forward 15, 17 years, you're in a position right now where um, you've got aggregators that normally work with distributors to get their film, to get the content onto the various platforms. So now there's a, there was a company in, the, in Los Angeles that pretty much offered um, the same service to filmmakers, to producers. If you had content, they didn't care if you were a distributor or not, whether you had one film in the pipeline or three or ten, didn't matter. You could use their service. So I took that route. And as a result of that route, we've all got distribution through um, Sony Entertainment Network, the PSN Network, um, Amazon Prime. This is all US, so, um, Mm. and uh, iTunes. Uh, And I'm, you know, fast forward a couple of years, it was uh, heavily pirated from what I've seen in uh, really all through. So you're, you know, and this is the thing I'm going to mention that, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa or Russia or places in India, um, apparently, you know, you're, you've got a name. It's got, <laughs> it's got over five, it's got five to 10,000 views without any kind of like royalty to Lipkin films. Right. Zero. But this, <laughs> but the logic is that if it's in, Sony, if it's near, you know, Amazon Prime, it's got to be important. And it's if it's important mm-hmm. enough to be pirated, it's important enough to be watched. So all your metadata, it's everywhere. So there's there's kids out there that are that are watching it, and it's got the viewership minus the commercial return. Um, mm-hmm. But it's <laughs> but it's spread, and this is like yeah. I'm I'm looking. I looked at those in Saudi Arabia. They have a like their BitTorrent thing that's set up, and you know. It's if there's pretty much it's all there in Russia. Weevil is completely transcribed in Russian. Somebody actually took it, they ripped it from Amazon, um, then they dubbed the entire thing in Russian. And there's a fuck off, I swear to you. And there's a gentleman cast, <laughs> there's a gentleman, there's a gentleman cast for your role, the Cassian for your role. And I saw like snippets of it, and it was like all the emotion, like, ah. And it was all in the Russian accent, and I'm watching it going, "Holy crap! This is a, this is like am I?" And it's fluent, and it is at a level at an expert. Like I speak fluent Russian. Expert. You do, yeah. It's fuck. expert. It's at a level that's like technically perfect. <clears throat> and somebody spent time and money on this, and you know. Jesus Christ! So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know. I might go to Moscow and people come up and ask me for an autograph. They're like, they're like I've seen you before somewhere, you know. Yeah, getting my fucking stomach pumped out in a shearing shed. <laughs> but anyway, that's the tangent. But yeah, that's 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 a that's great tangent. So it's out there. Uh, it, it, like you'll 
it's kind of going to live there. You know, I've, I get analytics back because it's only distributed now in North America and the UK. Um, How come you can't get it here? I'm actually in discussions with a with a company um, that sell TV and licensing rights. And unfortunately, in Australia, the easiest way to get it to Australia is to make a deal with a foreign licensing company that then resells the rights back in, to an agent in Australia that will then potentially take the rights and sell it and broadcast it here versus me going directly. What about Ozflix? Uh, maybe. I know Ozflix. I know Ozflix. And I know. Yeah, because they're, they're, I, they're, I know that my understanding is that they're not, they're quite new. Is that right? Uh, a couple of years, but yeah, five Co- years. Yeah, a couple of years. Five, six years new, yep. Because <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I, I don't suppose you know this, but um, the next year after Stringy Bark, I got cast as Ned Kelly in a feature film. Oh, okay. No. Um, and that looks like it's going to, to Ozflix. Right. Um, they were doing their final run at the cinema um, when COVID hit and the last show got canned. Right. Um, but, yeah, that, that sounds like a reasonable deal for the lads who made this. I mean, yeah. like... Um, and their philosophy on the content and what have you—at least it's in a nice way ethnocentric, you yeah, know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's we we especially in a lockdown situation where people are streaming everything. Captive audience. So, yep. Not so bad. No, not no, so no, bad. No, absolutely. I found um, there was a there was a there was a group. Um, in the States, they kind of aggregate a lot of the horror films and all that sort of stuff. And with Weevil, I remember pitching it in AFM. And if you've got a Lowe's hotel in the American film market, it's pretty much they hire out a big hotel and all the distributors, the film agents, you've got to have meetings with them. And you're going into individual suites and they're the, you know, in like a normal hotel room, you've got your, whoever the company is. And I remember sitting there with one distributor, a Canadian mob i forget their name now and they said to me they're like what's the genre of the film and in my head it's like oh well you know it's a horror they're like yeah horrors that's that's a blanket what, what kind of horror you know is it survival mm-hmm. and i said well you know it's and i kind of i went down that supernatural horror route and i'm like is it really that is it not and then fast forward a couple of years there's a there's a group that does reviews on films and they did one on weevil and they classified it as um uh gothic horror as in not, not oh okay it's like gothic horror so it's horror whether it's gothic or it's um i want to say country horror but i know that's not the right word um but it's it's such a and it got me thinking this segment is so narrow right i think it was gothic or, or country or it'll come to me and I thought, what well, is this even a thing? So you, rural, rural guess, horror. That's it. Rural horror. That's the one. That's it. And I googled All it. Right. And I googled rural horror, and it is an entire segment of the horror genre, and it's it's so well defined. It has an inbuilt audience, and it's such a well known kind of area. So huh. who would have thought? Um, Fucking hell, no. Rural horror. You wow. Know? And it's a whole. You know, um, but yeah, so, sub yeah. Yeah. yeah, wow. But, I always thought of it as like a 
like a sci-fi psychological horror because, I mean, no one knows. And, no. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we, we always, as, as cast members, speculated that it was an, an alien entity. So I was like, okay, there's a, there's a sci-fi aspect Elm. to this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'll, I'll mention one, going back to it. We, and this kind of, it never really got out as much as I wanted it to get out, but there was an mm-hmm. entire marketing um, plan around Weevil. It was, it was actually a lot of work went into it. And there was a lot of, in North America, like we were looking at launching it, but it was launched off Missing 411. I'm not sure if you heard of the, um, what's his name, David Pilates or someone like that. Um, United States, national parks, all through the US, a lot of disappearances, and they follow certain clusters around national parks in the US. And they're not investigated or they are. So this gentleman looked at various patterns around who was going missing and why they are going missing, and the pattern was very consistent. So Carl, you, you know, Carl Marchin, who's the production designer for Weevil, so we looked at it and we said, well, this is part of what we, you know, part of what we wanted to get across. So with the missing 4-on-1 kind of angle, Weevil had a whole multiverse of um, like a, it had its own world. But a lot of time, money, effort went into that, um, and it unfortunately got canned. So, but it, there's there's a lot underneath. But there, I agree with you. There is that sci-fi kind of element, but at the same time, it's. Uh, I still remember to this day. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. To this day, when we were shooting the scene at the um, the sh- uh, the sheep shearing shed, and it was a really pivotal scene for you. Like it was. Mm. You're pretty much, you know, you're out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, big, Yeah, oh, yeah. The big yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah. it was like, and I, I remember coming down, I said, right, this is what happens. And it's, and you remember you looked at me like, what do you mean? It, there's no it. Like, you're completely fucking with me now. Like, you've screwed me up. Like, what, what is it? And I remember, and I'm like, no, 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 sorry, my terminology is off. And I could see, like, you were flushing. Um, and I said, it's not it, sorry. Because I almost gave the impression it was a particular thing that you saw and then whatever happened, happened. Mm. But I think I, I framed it in such a way where um, um, it wasn't a particular thing at all. It was like you, don't, you didn't know what it was. The audience didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I remember I, I, um, I framed it to you in such a way where when you, when you kind of looked at it, you went, oh, crap, what are you talking about? What's this thing? Is it there? And you had this kind of momentary. I remember. Do you remember this? Am I like? Am I... I, d- I don't remember this <laughs> uh, at all. Actually, I remember. It, yeah, I remember it really well. And I, I that's the point that I thought, shit, I should just, you know, get out of the way. <laughs> I remember. I remember that well. I actually do. It's one of those. That's so. Oh, that's crazy. No, yeah. I don't remember that fucking. But you know, if when it came to my <laughs> my final shakedown, um, you know, like I had, f- not not not. Um, all the way, but I had, you know, I I knew that I had a semi shirt off scene that day, so I had, you know, dehydrated a little bit and fucking all these other things. Yeah. So by, by the time that that end of that day was coming around, um, and I'd been cramped up, craw- dragging myself across the fucking shitty floorboards and 
and what have you, I was I was pretty wrecked. So um, it, it doesn't surprise me that I don't remember. But um, I, I've I've talked about you and and that film on this podcast a bit actually because well, one it was a great experience, but two. I don't have a lot of them, so I can only call on the experiences that I have. <laughs> but I really feel like because this is this really, I mean, there is a lot of ambiguity in the film and I feel like it, it, it'll, either, it'll either be this film that just it is special to us and people in Russia and that's it or it'll it'll be this film that like, Either, you know, you'll die in your 70s and you, you would have had this great career and, and people will fucking blow the dust off this thing in the shelf and go, <laughs> this is before he sold out, man. This is like some <laughs> this is like some fucking cryptic shit that no one gets but everyone knows that there's some genius plot. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of yeah. like um, there was this – I was doing some prep for to play – uh, you know the um, Batavia Mutiny. Have you? Do you know that story? And it's Australian history. No, I'm sorry. It, it, it's there's a film being made or was being made about uh, the Batavia, which was a film that was hijacked. <clears throat> not a film. A, um, a tall ship in the 1700s, early 1700s, before Captain Cook oh, was the, hijacked. The Dutch one. No. Yes. Yep. Yes. I do yep. know. I do know. Sorry. I just by a guy came to me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cornelius. Yeah. And he was heavily influenced by this painter who was this fucking satanic, atheistic, type weird fucking. Herimides Bosch. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's him. Herimides Bosch. Yes, I know. I've I've seen it when I was in Holland. I know. I love the painter. Yeah, but I, like, I right. But I'm, there's only like one painting left, isn't there, or something? Yeah, it's up in it's it's a Dutch painter, but he's like the hell and the yeah. But I, I'm, yeah, yeah, I get so it. So there's yeah. this there's this you know like <clears throat> after the fact. Well, like yeah, um, maybe I'm drawing a bad parallel there, but um, when you look back on stuff and reinterpret it <clears throat> and go, you know, it, it was never it never struck a chord at the time, <clears throat> but now we're looking at it with fresh eyes, and it's yeah. like whoa. Um. So tell me what's what's coming. What, what are you up to? Oh God. Um. I think. Um. I think what what I'm sort of so in a nutshell where I'm at right now. I started. Um. I wrote a script towards the Italian of last year. Um. So I've kind of reverted back to. Um. This is the irony of it all. I've reverted back to kind of drama, but like a self-reflecting faction kind of drama. Um wrote the script and I got contacted by a, an executive producer who I did meet who I knew from uh, um, the US. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, I'm pulling together a couple of films. We're going to we're gonna try and do it overseas. And have you got anything that – have you got anything else that's not your – because I've got another two scripts which are very much more kind of, um, you know, sinkhole your, style. Your brand. Brand, yeah. which is I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done with those. I'm not touching them. But I've got this one thing that I'm doing. And he's like, all right, cool. Let me look at it. But he comes back and he says, right, small budget. And it is a small budget, actually. Um, and he goes, well, I would like to option the script. Let's, let's, let's get it done. So the script got optioned. Um, and this, the film essentially is around independent filmmaker who's 
you know, kind of the end of his road, trying to make one last film, but then there's a lot of these other things that sort of happen and he ends up in a position where it's almost life imitating art and he is almost the protagonist in his own kind of arrangement, so to speak. But and the, and the actor that you need is white, 39, blonde brown hair, blue eyes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the the actor and all the crew that I can have are the ones that have that go under the rebate in the in Spain. Which oh, which has shit. The, so <clears throat> so fast forward, I was meant to have been I had my tickets cancelled. I was meant to be on a plane a couple of months ago. Off, wow. to, off to the Canary Islands. Um, checking out locations, meeting with the service company, looking at all the stuff over there. Um, wow, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, so the, all that was happening. I mean, shit that it got canned, but that's still, <laughs> that's so great though. Yeah, but then the whole thing got boom, COVID, our good friend. Um, so we kind of bounced back. I'm very fortunate to have um, have a producer um, now attached from my end here. So we're still moving with the project, but it's kind of a little bit at snail's pace moment because a lot of there's ton of moving. Are you going to try and shoot it here now? No, it's it's still over there because I still, still over there. Because in places like Canary Islands, in Spain, specifically Canary Islands, you you got up to fifty percent tax rebate. Tax breaks. Yep. In Australia, it's up to forty five percent, and when you look at Quaid, the um. Quaid, it doesn't guarantee 45%. It's up to 45%, so it's likely between 25 and 30% or thereabout. Um, but over there, there's a lot of other, let's just say there's a lot of other things that you can um, uh, manoeuvre that gets you a straight 50%, but you've got to spend probably about 2 million euros as a minimum to do that. Oh, right. So right. a lot of stuff going on there. You've got to use EU crew, EU cast, you know, so it's so all that's kind of it's moving forward, but it's moving forward in its own kind of way. So in between, then I've already put together two more films, uh, films, sorry, mm-hmm. two, two more scripts. They're both going through second draft at the moment. Um, done that. I've actually finished off a manuscript, which is nothing to do with film, but it's more writing. It's, you know, a little bouncy ball in my head just, it, <laughs> it doesn't stop. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's kind of, I think the situation is providing, when I say the situation globally, yep. you know, it gets mentioned a million times an hour or wherever, you know, with the news or social media. Yeah, yeah. But I think it provides an interesting um, opportunity for those that are, whether they're, writing whether they're coming up with like what's going to happen post whatever this is going to be or potentially whatever this is going to be is not something that's just going to stop and we're going to move on it's going to continue to be there in the background however you know however intense but we you know from a creative point of view we'll still we 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 don't stop we're not connected to this thing we just continue doing our thing so in a really abstractionist roundabout way, a lot of the stuff that I'm working on now, um, I'm working on it from the point of view of, you know, there's a clean slate, do whatever the hell you want to do. And I'm doing it. However that materializes in a COVID, post-COVID, with COVID world, that's going to be its thing. So That's, that's up to the universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's up to the universe, you know. Mm. So, um, so it's, 
film scripts, it's it's literature, so it's manuscript stuff. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much that's that's and this project, this film project overseas. Um, I thought I w- it would be remiss of me not to have a have a wee drop, considering that um, you're the man who <laughs> that story. That story has been shared on this podcast too, by the way. Dave, Dave was on I the po- oh yeah, Dave was on the podcast Rome, and um, was smashing that bottle of Hennessy and fucking firing firing guns into the night. <laughs> and it was so great. Um, well, that's really exciting, man. I'm I'm really really glad to hear that you're um, that there's some wins happening there. I mean, I've. So one of the the other reasons I started this podcast is I wrote my first feature, okay. and um, and like I say, I've you know I've, I've crapped on about it many times, but um, it's a film about anti poaching in the Kruger National Park in Africa and the uh, the men and women who who have come out of Afghanistan and Iraq and what have you and and have started these units to fight poachers with um, deadly force and what have you and why they do what they do and the whole bit. And it, it, so I had a guest on recently, um, Scottness, um, and he's a South African director right. who studied at VCA, but he's from there and he's back out here. Um, and I had a, a sit down with him on the podcast and actually pitched him on the podcast about directing the film. And it's been a really, uh, it's, it's a very empowering, fascinating process in just i don't think a good actor ever takes for granted good writing but when you're new and you're fresh you do i think um it's just how intricate and how hard um really good writing is in terms of just that cognitive structure that needs to be there for a story to work and and the pacing and the beats and what have you um, and we had a great conversation and so that's why this podcast exists is to build an yeah. audience so that when I'm trying to convince someone to put me in the front seat of my own film, yeah. people, there's already an audience that believes that I'm the guy. Um, and also to connect with, connect me to people who will help me make it. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of work to do. Um, but but we're in a in a position now where we can yeah. we can take the bones of it to someone, and and know that no one's going to say that that's mm. a shit idea and that that doesn't have a place and that there isn't an audience. That's already been well established. Um, there's it's tricky because it's such a convoluted, um, a dynamic um, situation that actually this is what Scottness said today, which I thought was really really. Um, acute and wise of him. He's like, you're trying to tell the world that this <clears throat> thing that's happening, which to 99.9% of everyone is black and white, is actually very, very fucking great. <clears throat> and, 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 and how do you convince them of that inside classic storytelling? With you know mm. a, a hero and a villain and a love interest and a, and yeah. family yeah. and blah 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 blah. No, so it's interesting. You, it's it's, it's a very tall order, but I don't think it's. So are you familiar it's, it's, with um, um, 
when you, unachievable. When you bring this up, this we're talking otherwise. about kind of South Africa, Fucking right? Cougar National Park, so, that kind of area, which I'm not, if my knowledge, yeah. So I'll tell you the new, the park. I'll tell you an interesting, um, interesting thing. This is many years ago now. Um, myself and that's my, exactly um, it. my now that's wife, exactly Nicole, it. Yeah. um, the film's we, called The Park. We went to a little talk, a presentation right. when I was living in Perth. And the gentleman, ex, like, he did a lot of interesting stuff over there. And we we went to a pub afterwards just, like, to talk about it. And they were all there. So we caught up and we were there for a couple of hours, you know, buying beers. And the, from memory, I, I could be wrong. So you have to look it up. The gentleman's name is uh, Damien Manda, if that name rings a bell. And Damien Manda is a um, is an Australian. Um, he's an Australian Special Forces um, professional from work. Like did his time in the you know Iraq War for quite some time, and then set up a, a cause or a mission, effectively around the Cougar National Park, around poaching, specifically um, rhinos. So uh, rhinos. He spent. He set up a whole foundation. So if you can look it up, uh, I think it's the Manda Foundation or, 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 or something to that effect. Um, but we, uh, we're at his talk. Excellent. Like just the amount of, uh, just the amount of stuff that he, um, that he's, uh, gone through. And, uh, we'll just give it a pause here. Uh, <laughs> All right, so um, we uh, we basically um, uh, caught up, had a really good discussion with him, a couple of no, beers, keep talk, keep and Damien, he's literally dedicated his whole life now um, to um, training local groups over there and himself taking a proactive stance and position um, around poachers around the Cougar National Park because a lot of the um, a lot of the tusks. A lot of the horns. There's a there's an entire black market. Um, unfortunately, most of it is influenced within uh, Southeast Asia. So we're looking at obviously places like China. We're looking at places like um, uh, everywhere from Vietnam, Laos, the Philippines, even Thailand, uh, where they they're very much prized as far as um, whatever medicinal or you know spiritual kind of properties it embodies. So there's there's very much that that equation that supply and demand equation. So um, they want to know they need it. So he's he's one of the few that's actually this is years ago he set up, um, and I, I can't I remember we had a couple of beers with him, uh, yeah. but he's quite well you know he's quite well known well known in the uh, in the in the field. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be someone for you to look up. Yeah, man. Uh, look, look. I, I'll take any introduction, any kind of fucking whatever I can get. I had someone on the podcast. I spoke about him many times. Mark Diaco, <laughs> great guy. Who I was telling him about this film, and he said, and I was telling him about all these little serendipitous events that were happening around this film and crazy stuff. Uh, and he yeah, said, yeah. you know, in my experience, when you have stuff like that lining up constantly, it's just a matter of time it's going to yeah. get made. But 
if you don't, fucking walk away. It's just not going to happen. These things, if the universe is going to going to bring it to you, this is how it'll do it. Um, so I'm very fortunate to have got a friend of mine who actually was with me on the day that I sort of voiced the idea for the first time. Well, I just like literally had the idea and I was like, that'd make a great story. What do you think? He was in Iraq and um, yeah, was going to be an anti-poacher and then decided he would come home instead and 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 just take take himself away from from a military zone for a while and yeah. he has now come on as as my I guess you would call him an executive producer in terms of he's talking to people trying to raise raise the cash and 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 where we're at now is we need someone to come in and take all of the notes from Scottness and take my script someone who's preferably because um female and south african because our lead is is um a mixed race south african woman uh, who's got the skills to just fucking pinch it you know yeah. and and make it ready and make it ready to go you know to take all of the all the fillers out all the shit that that because yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I've read a book and just gone and written a film, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. and make it and make it right, you know. But 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 fortunately, the producers and people, like I said, have been, that I've been working with, have said if you can get that to happen, hundred percent. This is a this is and it's an original uh, film. Yeah, but but it's not it's not there yet. Oh, it's it, everything. Everything has its everything has its time. Like you know, there's there's. Like as far as an idea, that's definitely that's there. Like it's something that's um, you're not just creating something and then saying right it a rely it relies on this or it applies to that and this is what you can do it you what, this is what you can do out of it. It's you've got something that's kind of based on you've got the socioeconomic um, kind of factors. I'm sure you've got the socio political situation that's happening there so it's mm. you know i mean i'm just listening to it without knowing the details of the script and what it's about but um things like like manda like that's something that you got somebody that's dedicated their whole life into that that's that's their thing he's a big guy a lot of really cool stories himself um passionate about the cause there's you know there's something that can be done at the end of the day, mm. it goes back to 100%. the like it's it's really and and this is a really important point that I've I've met and I speak to a lot of different um, filmmakers. Like I like the word filmmakers. I actually met, spoke with them. I had lunch with one about two weeks ago, and there's a whole thing around you know like you know the, in the film industry you've got you've got very dem- you, there's a high level of demarcation. You've got producers, directors, you know screenwriters, and all of that stuff. And they, as like like the building industry, they've all got their own trade. You know, I do, I organize the finance or I organ, I'm the builder, I organize the trades. Um, so it's almost parallels in that way. The filmmaker, in my mind, that's the sort of person like you cut, you, you've got this idea that you want to just realize, you know, you want to mm-hmm. bring it to life. And that's the, that's the distinction that like what, what you're talking about, and like what I talk about, what I do, it's more of a filmmaker versus I'm a producer that's going to, I'm going to option a script and then I'm going to, um, I reckon I'll get this script out and then I'll have a slate. And in that slate, I'll have five, 10 projects, maybe less. And they're all different mm-hmm. genres. 
I'm going to hide this record, that record. So it's more so, it's like a, it's like a game of uh, construction. You're, you're like a property developer, you're hiring builders, you're hiring tradespeople, you're going through that Town process. Town planning. Town planning, yeah. that's weird. Filmmaking is actually, it's the oddball in the equation. It's uh, You're living on the periphery. You're a storyteller, that's all you really are. You just happen to... Yeah, and you need to be across it all. You do, you do. And you just happen to mm. need this and that and the other. Um and there's a really interesting idea, like in uh, in like in English, you got directors. Like it's probably off the cuff example, but a director is like you're directing film. Um, in in France, they've it's called a réalisateur, which is you you realise an idea, you realising something. So basically, you're realising an idea, a vision, an overall picture versus your directing of what that is going to be so right, right, right. you get what i mean the language can actually di- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dictate language can dictate the reality of language you- is everything yeah yeah you kind yeah, of 100 percent. so that's why i like when you yeah. say that i like that you say that it's it is you know it's it's a damn freaking journey like i've i've gone you know it's 98 percent of all of and i'm only talking as a a filmmaker um it is that process. And maybe that one or two percent as you see in the audience is, you know, as you didn't weevil and you're watching your, you know, you're watching yourself on a on the silver screen and you're seeing it. And that's it. One of one percent, you know, of your time, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is it's a very small portion. <laughs> that's small. A lot goes in. A lot goes in. Um yeah. Well listen, man, I think that there's a part two in this because I've got um a wife and child to go and Spend yes. time with and 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 what have you. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, and once this whole shit show relaxes again, um, we should absolutely hang out and yeah. catch up with in in more detail and uh, maybe drink some more um cognac, cognac in the in, in the woods and there we go. And fucking Cheer some gals at the moon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it. Hey, uh, mate, I love you. I love, I love your work. Thank you so much. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. I much appreciate it, and, and lovely to talk to you again. It's like you know. Uh, yeah, it's been two years. It has. And you haven't changed. Take care. <laughs> In- Except the hair. Except the hair. <laughs> All the best. Have a good night. Thanks, buddy. Bye.